This is Tim Ferriss, author of The 4-Hour Workweek, and you are listening to the 10 Golden Rules Podcast. Perfect. We have two exciting bits of news, two contests, and an absolute rock star interview, so let's get right to it. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time this podcast finds you and whatever date in the future, welcome to episode number 44. We have a couple announcements and an interview with my friend Mitch Joel, the author of Six Pixels of Separation, but let me get to the first exciting piece of news right off the top. Let's play audio. So I'm here with Jason Sadler, and he's had a crazy exciting year. And you guys may remember that I stumbled across this new Internet marketing idea called IWearYourShirt.com. And I jumped in and I bought February 10th, of course, 10 for 10 Golden Rules. And so he wore the 10 Golden Rules shirt and did a video and a whole bunch of social media stuff around... February 10th, and I also wanted to get another day later in the year to see how this thing is going to blow up, and I knew, I kind of had a sense Jason was going to have a great year. So why don't we check in with Jason prior to our anniversary, 10 Golden Rules anniversary, which is October 10th, and uh, Jason, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always great to be on podcast. So... Tell me about the year and, and you know basically explain the concept for people who didn't hear you on the on the podcast before. Yeah, so you know I'm a full time t-shirt wearer is what I tell people when they ask me what I do for a living. Every day of 2009, I put up for sale. January 1st was a dollar. January 2nd was two dollars, three dollars, four dollars. It went up throughout the, re- the year, three hundred fifty-five dollars at the most expensive day. I've sold all the days in 2009. I wear people's shirts and I promote via social media. So I tweet about it on Twitter. I talk about it on Facebook statuses with my friends on Facebook. I make a YouTube video clip. I do a live video show at 3 p.m. Eastern, and I blog about it along with a couple photos. So you get a full run of social media stuff that if you were to pay a consultancy company, you'd pay a couple thousand dollars for it. I'm only charging a couple hundred bucks, and I've already been sold out this entire year already of shirt wearing. It's awesome, and you've been on CNN, Financial Times, Yahoo, New York Times. So tell me about some of the most exciting days of the year and the media stuff and some of the most innovative brand applications. The media stuff is great. I I was on the, uh, you mentioned all those great ones. Entrepreneur.com featured me on their homepage for a week. And while I was up there, Tony Hawk had a story up, Hugh Hefner had a story up, and I took a screenshot of it and put it up on Facebook and just, you know, my caption was, ha, ha, ha. And a bunch (laughs) of people commented, you know, they're just like, this is silly. And I said, this is silly too. But, you know, I've realized that I'm giving a good value to people. I just wrote a testimonial blog post. I'm not a big fan of testimonials, but I had a lot of people email me and tell me, hey, on your day, this is what I did. I wanted to let you know. I sent one lady like 2,000 uniques of traffic, and she used a Harrow email from Peter Shankman and got less traffic on her day. And that's a fluke for me. I don't usually send that many people to a website, but it worked for her. Uh, you know, I wore a shirt for Zappos on their day, and I was able to give away some shoes. Um, I wore a shirt for LifeLock on their day and was able to be the first person that's ever given a LifeLock premium membership at a discounted rate. So, you know, people have really been engaging with me and and, and doing fun things on their day. The Royal Botanical Gardens flew me up to Canada in April. I was there for a week. Uh, I cruised around the gardens. I did fun stuff. And 
you know, just recently I was gone for three weeks and all of my travel was paid for. I was like a, a, ba a I'm sorry, a boob, uh, sorry, a booth babe. Jeez, a little Freudian slip there. At a conference. I mean, I was standing there and usually you see, and that's why I said boob, usually you see these, you know, well-endowed women standing there. It was me in a t-shirt. But so many people came up to me. They had known who I was or they didn't know who I was. They, was, they were wondering why I was standing there. It's a draw. It's an attention getter, and I'm excited to keep doing kind of fun, innovative stuff on people's days. When did this become a full-time job? So uh, back in August on the 10th was the, the day that I sold out all 2009, and I knew that if I wanted to push forward in 2010 and how much time I was spending, I co-owned a web design company at the time, and I just said, you know what, it's not fair. It's not a fair time for me to, I don't get all the social media stuff I can, you know, I, I don't want to get all the time to promote it. I can't do all this other stuff with business. I need to, you know, step away and become a full-time shirtwear. And it's fun to say, I wear t-shirts for a living. That's what I do. That is my job. I, I parted ways with them. It was a great relationship, very talented people. They built the iWearYourShirt.com website, and now it's time to kind of move on and, and see what I can do. You're starting again in 2010, and I see January, February, March, April, May are already sold out, right? Yeah, there's five days left in June. So June's almost sold out. Three monthly sponsorships at $2,500 a piece. All the days are doubled in price next year because two guys are wearing shirts. So my buddy Evan White lives in California and two time zones, two live video shows, two YouTube clips, two Twitter profiles, two Facebook profiles. All the stuff is doubled. The only thing that's going to be the same is you come to iwearyourshirt.com. Uh, you, you get all the content for that day boiled down into one blog post, and that's it. it it's all the exposure there. And I'm also doing proud partners next year. So everyone joked, oh, what are you going to do next year? Are you going to wear underwear? What are you going to do? I have an underwear sponsor, Tommy John Underwear, is paying me to wear their underwear for all of next year. We've got a smoking hot t-shirt for you to wear on the 10 Golden Rules anniversary, which is, of course, 10-10, October 10th. It's a really nice Nike shirt with the gold from Roger Federer's Wimbledon wardrobe. So uh, you'll, you'll look great. And you, it looks like you've been in the gym, man. You look good. I appreciate it. Well, you know, it was kind of one of those things where my girlfriend said, hey, you might want to, like, eat a little bit healthier or make sure that you keep up because if people, if you need, like, a double XL next year, people are going to wonder. So, Good. Well, you better get ripped up this week. You know, keep, it, keep it lean. I'm, I'm eating really clean, you know, low calorie and doing a lot of uh, high-intensity workouts for you guys. And I'll be on the tennis court ripping some forehands on your day. Awesome. So what are some of the ways that people should think about using your product in 2010 and uh, what suggestions do you have for them? You know, I've been telling everybody that a lot of companies, if they don't already have an audience, it's a place to start an audience. It's a place, it's a place for all of my people to learn about you, engage with them on that day. A lot of people just give me the shirt, they don't say anything, and they expect all this stuff to happen. Now, some stuff does happen. There's views on videos, there's views on, you know, there's traffic, there's those types of things. But the more that people get engaged, and I don't mean just giving stuff away. Giveaway stuff is awesome. I've given away Kindles, Nintendo Wii's, iPhones, you know, all kinds of great stuff. But really engaging in, in the relationship, you know, talking to people the whole day, you know, telling them you'll, you'll give some more of the T-shirts, come and comment on things, or, you know, flying me to places, having me come. I'm not, you know, I'm not expensive. Pay for my plane ticket, pay for a decent hotel, I'll come out, I'll do whatever. You want to schlep me around some conference? Sure, I'm happy I, to do that. I fly I'm, cheap. <laughs> I fly cheap.com, yeah. I mean, You're honestly, in Jacksonville, I'm, right? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, yeah. Yeah. The other thing we have, we did a couple of these 10 Golden Rules t-shirts up, so we're going to be giving one away as well. Do we, do we figure out what people have to do? 
we haven't we haven't figured out what they what they have to do. What do you guys want them to do? Do you want to get like the best photo of them showing ten things to celebrate your anniversary or something? Yeah, that that's cool. I mean, maybe yeah. I mean, we'll and 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 they'll have to tweet about it. So oh, you know, of course, people you know who do the sort of coolest things and um, tweet about it or blog about it or anything like that. You know, we'll be monitoring what people say during the day, and we'll just give give a prize away by the end of the day. Sounds great. I think we should totally do it. Ten things. So you get a ten any ten theme stuff Saturday, October tenth, and you get a chance to win. Nice. It sounds great to me. Well, Jason, we've been having fun with it. I know you did a great job on Feb ten when you had a lot fewer followers. How many people follow you on Twitter now? I'm just over nineteen thousand, so I'm, I'm creeping wow. on twenty thousand landmark. And Facebook friends. Facebook is twenty two hundred friends. Yep. So you know that's the beauty of this is Jason's really built up his fandom. And when he talks about something, he can really move the market. So I look forward to the 10th, and I thank you so much for doing it. And we'll have some fun on that day. I can't wait. And we're going to, you know, i got to sales pitch you guys on that day into getting, you know, 10, 10, 10, because that's obviously the perfect fit for you guys. So we'll get that hooked up as well. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye. So what a cool concept and Kudos to Jason for really uh, making a living wearing T-shirts. And, you know, really what he's doing is making a living blasting out content in social media and making it fun and making it entertaining. You know, I talk about the three E's of social media. Educate, entertain, and engage. And I think Jason's nailing two out of the three. Um, He's really entertaining and um, he's really engaging. You know, he really gets people in that two-way interaction that makes it work in social media. So uh, definitely check out IWearYourShirt.com if you have a chance to do it this week and, and do it on October 10th, 2009, hop in there. If you're listening to this sometime in the future, go see what Jason's up to at IWearYourShirt.com and um, you know give us a, a, an anniversary greeting for a chance to win one of the beautiful new 10 Golden Rules t-shirts. And I'm not just saying that. They are really, really sweet. I'm going to be wearing mine all the time. Well, let me talk travel for two minutes before we get to the next exciting announcement. I look forward to seeing you folks at Blog World in Las Vegas or PubCon in Las Vegas. I'll also be in Boston for the Meritas Legal Conference and Dallas for a full day of social media December 10th. So I'd love to meet up with you live at one of these upcoming shows. All of the dates and contact information, of course, is at 10goldenrules.com. And I'd, I'd love to connect with you on Twitter. That's my um, contact social media method of choice. So check out twitter.com slash jberkowitz. Well, next up is our, um, you know, big exciting announcement that I promised you off the top of the show. And we've created a really cool new community. And I, I hope you'll agree with me that it's really cool. It's called the internetmarketingclub.org. Don't forget it's .org. And you can find it online, of course, at internetmarketingclub.org. And it's only one day old. We just launched the club yesterday. And we already have members from all around the world, Indonesia, Bolivia, Mexico, Canada, and all over the United States. So basically what it, it is, is it's a community it's a place to network, to learn, to have some fun. And we're going to do a live webinar every week. And the first one's going to feature the superstars of Twitter, including Warren Whitlock, author of Twitter Revolution, Iconic 88 from Sydney, Australia, uh, who is the world's most retweeted man. You probably heard him before on the 10 Golden Rules podcast. And uh, Gail Goodwin from Inspire Me Today. 
She is an amazing, positive, uplifting Twitterer, and she has over 20,000 followers. So you're going to learn from some of the real superstars of Twitter all about this exciting new space. So join the fun over at internetmarketingclub.org. Um, let me know what you think. I'd love to get your feedback and how we can make this place um, really cool and really valuable for all of us and something that uh, can add to all of our fun and learning about internet marketing. So in every show, we feature you. All you have to do is call 206-888-6606. Let me try that as a uh, radio announcer. That is 206-888-6606. And join in. And what you do is you call our K7 recording line, and that sends me an EP3 file of your messages. And then I can play you on the show. First up, all the way from Tunisia, is Emma Atrus. Hi, Jay. I'm Emna Atrus from Tunisia in North Africa, and I'm an internet marketing consultant. Probably you know me as Imarcoteur. It's a French accent on Twitter. Anyway, I listened to your podcast, 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing, and guys, you do really an amazing job. I learn a lot from your podcast. I started my own one a few months ago, and it does uh, well. I found it uh, an effective way for personal branding. Now, I want to ask you a favor, Jay. Would you please uh, respond to my following question as an audiophile so I can integrate it and share it uh, in my own podcast? Question uh, is, what are uh, the golden rules to be a successful internet marketing consultant? Thank you, Jay, and keep going with the good work. God bless you. Well, thanks, Emma, and thanks for joining the conversation from so far away. I'm, I'm really interested to hear how you found out about the 10 Golden Rules podcast. Anyways, you asked for the golden rules of becoming a sex successful internet marketing consultant, and I'll share some of the tips that we've used. Um, so the first thing I would recommend is you need some business, and a lot of people make the mistake of quitting their job and deciding they're going to be a consultant, and I think it's a lot more valuable to decide you're going to be a consultant set up a website, develop a presence in, you know, be very active in LinkedIn as a very good business networking site and Twitter. And you want to really be set up and ready to go before you leave your job. So I actually had two clients before I left my full-time job when we started 10 Golden Rules exactly six years and one day ago. The second thing I would say is um, you should really demonstrate thought leadership. It's very effective if you um, stay on top of things that are happening in the industry. Now, it's great if you can craft original content on your blog and on your Twitter stream and LinkedIn and Facebook, but you can also use Google Alerts and blogs and Twitter and you know retweet and repost and assemble all the interesting blogs and information you find. And what you basically want to be is positioned as a thought leader with a combination of other people's stuff and your own original content. And what you're trying to do is be a, basically be ahead of the news, be ahead of the news and, and ahead of your clients in terms of changes in your industry. Uh, another tip that I would say is really valuable is to under-promise and over-deliver. We always try and talk about that with a team of 10 Golden Rules. And you know we'll say, hey, we're going to have your search engine marketing plan ready by next Wednesday but we set the internal deadline of Friday or Monday so that we can review it internally and we have time to make changes. 
So, uh, you, you know, if, if, if it's great and you can deliver it to the client on Monday or Tuesday, a day ahead of when you promised, um, under promise and over deliver is definitely valuable when it comes to the consulting business. And the final tip I'll share is to, to have a real regimen and regularity. Having regular meetings, um, documenting the work that's done in a professional manner with um, meeting notes and a plan and a status report lets people, uh, number one, know exactly what's going on. Number two, be able to answer any questions if they got a question from uh, their boss or from, from the board of directors you know, what's going on with uh, the consultant, they have a status report from the last status meeting. And that meeting is done on a regular basis. There's a weekly meeting, there's a monthly meeting where you really do, uh, we, we do a deep analysis uh, for all our clients once a month. So they've got, you know, on, at, the, at the tip of their fingers, a PowerPoint presentation that's ready to go with everything that's happening in their internet marketing. So just to wrap up, you know, get, get started and start thinking about creating your presence before you decide you're going to be a consultant. Number two, demonstrate thought leadership. Be active in blogging and your social media. Number three, under-promise and over-deliver. And then have a regular system of meetings and reports um, so that you can track your activity and you can deliver and show everything that's going on on behalf of your clients. I hope that helps. Let's go next with uh, Debbie Noggle from AdPro Incorporated. Hi, Jay. This is Debbie Noggle from AdPro. I'm calling to tell you that I have a free application that I keep in my search toolbox that I think might be of interest to you. It's Sideline, which is Adobe Air desktop application. It's built with the Yahoo interface library. It allows your users to create a custom query from Twitter by topic. Your listeners can actually find it at sideline.yahoo.com. And it's a great tool because you can keep up with your competitors. You can search a topic like home improvements. And every time somebody tweets about home improvements, then those tweets will come up on your screen and just tell you who's doing what in the industry. This tip was provided by Debbie Noggle of AdPro. That's adproincorporated.com. I hope you have a great night. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Debbie. What a great tip. And, um, I hope everybody else can call in and share the new and exciting things that they're coming across as they get uh, out there throughout internet marketing. Um, next up is our new section, the Streetwise Security Zones tip from Scott Wright. Hi, Jay. This is Scott Wright with your Streetwise Security tip for the 10 Golden Rules podcast. This episode tip is be cautious when searching for free tools, software, plugins, games, songs, or anything else, especially during tough economic times. Scammers know that people like to get things for free, and it's just so easy to Google free stuff. Now, the problem is that bad guys can easily create phishing sites designed to attract people and either steal their identities or download harmful programs to their computers. Before you give personal information to or download anything from a site that you found by searching for the keyword free, check to see if it is a reputable site. If you find a site that you think has something you'd like to try, do some research online to see if it has any complaints or is suspected of doing anything questionable. McAfee Site Advisor is a good tool and it's a free browser plugin that you can use that'll tell you if a site has been flagged for suspicious activity. For free software downloads, one of the most reputable sites is download.com, which is run by CNET, but you still should check on the reputation of any software that you download from it. I'm Scott Wright, the Streetwise Security Coach, and you can find lots of free security tips at the Streetwise Security Zone. 
That's www.streetwise-security-zone.com. Hey, Scott, thanks so much. What a great um, addition to the 10 Golden Rules show. I hope you keep those coming. And uh, if anybody else has an idea for a regular feature that you'd like to call into the show, you can call our K7 line at uh, 888-6606. Or you can do what Scott did, and you can actually send in a recorded uh, message and make it a high-quality audio piece. Well, next up, let's get to my friend Mitch Joel. The interview runs about 45 minutes, so what I'm going to do is do it in two different parts. We'll do half of it this week and half of it next week, and I, I will actually get a show out next week. We'll try and be back-to-back this time. And um, Mitch is a great guy. He has a great podcast called uh, Six Pixels of Separation, and he was actually good enough to give us a bunch of tips to help get this podcast started. Um, I love his blog. I love his podcast. He's a great speaker. And um, we've just done a ton of stuff together um, since I guess I discovered him online through the Six Pixels podcast. So let me just roll audio and um, we'll do the first half this week and the second half next week. Here's Mitch Joel from Six Pixels of Separation. I've got to start with the famous Mitch Joel question. Who are you and what do you do? Me? My name is Mitch Joel. I'm the president of Twist Image, and I've got a blog and podcast called Six Pixels of Separation, and a soon-to-be, well, I guess it is a now-released book by the same name, and I'm a friend of Jay Berkowitz's. Thank you. I'm very proud to be in that category. Oh, and it's a select few, let me tell you. For those of you who've been listening to this podcast for a little while, Mitch is the guy you have to thank because Mitch was so kind to take some time and share with me some of the tools of how to do this, how to make it happen. And I was absolutely paralyzed, not with what I would do on the first show, but with what I would do on the second show. So on the first show, I I was going to share the 10 golden rules of internet marketing. And then when I figured out, okay, I can do five on the first show and five on the second show, then I started podcasting. And the beauty of this thing is that there's never an end to the amount of great content out there. So uh, it was really easy to keep rolling. But Mitch, thank you so much for spending that time and making this all happen. So I guess some people would thank me and some people would blame me, which is is good. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but they aren't listening, right? Okay. So I'm really, really excited about the book. You were kind enough to get me an advanced copy. So I'm through about 90% of the book. What are six pixels of separation? And what does it mean for individuals and businesses? So the idea for six pixels of separation sort of fell for me into two buckets. The first bucket was this realization that we are now at this very strange and unique moment in time where individuals, people like you and I, are using these very, very cool publishing platforms online to share their thoughts with the world. And this, this sort of result of that has been that suddenly we have individuals who are building personal brands that are rivaling those of some of the biggest corporations. That was sort of strike one. Strike two was this sort of reali- other realization I had where we are all very well, you know, very familiar with the idea of six degrees of separation, that any one person in the world is connected to everyone else through less than six degrees. Uh, it's called the small world theory. And looking at the small world theory, it was sort of this permission-based driven thing where if I wanted to be introduced to Jay Berkowitz, I had to know someone who could introduce me to you. And again, shifting to this new online world that we have in the power of search engines and Google and Bing and Yahoo, you don't really have those degrees anymore. If you want to know who Jay Berkowitz is, you do a simple search, 
and you click on that first link, it's going to be you. And you can contact him, you can call him, you can connect to him. And so we live in a world where everybody is intrinsically connected. We're no longer degrees separated from one another. And I believe those two things together create huge ramifications for businesses when it comes to connecting with consumers and enabling and empowering consumers to connect to one another. And so that was a sort of foundational work that led to the book. And it's something that, you know, obviously I'm consistently putting out on my blog and my newspaper column and magazine column as well. And then when it sort of came together and I was putting through the thoughts, I realized that I might be jumping just a little bit ahead and that there is a huge market of people. You know, I was looking just today at the USA Today was writing an article that said that half of Americans are engaged in online social networking, which is a great number, but it means that half of them aren't, right? And, you know, again, through my sort of travels and my public speaking and dealing with associations and some big corporations and small, medium sizes, there is still a trepidation. People are still uncertain about what these channels are and how they work and how they can connect them from a business level. And so that was the real sort of like, okay, now I've got my three strikes and I'm out, you know, it's time to go. <laughs> and so the, the real idea of the book was, how can I explain to businesses in real business language, practical language, things like, you know, ROI and KPIs and all that sort of stuff about how powerful this shift is and what it's going to mean to their business. I think in the past there's been a lot of books and commentary about why this, you know, the sort of like you need to, you know, real sort of like, you know, soapbox sort of pushing to these new ideas. And what I want to do is, is to sort of remove this sort of like person on stage that people are afraid of or think is talking about the future and really do almost like a reality check for business today. And that was the sort of real thing that got me, that really made the words start flowing in a, in, in a different way. And I think that for those who follow me at my blog and podcast or connected to me on Twitter or Facebook, we'll see in the book that it's actually written very differently. It is written a lot more like my newspaper column or my magazine column where it is a business-driven piece of content. You said in the book that the book was meant to break the fishbowl. And we in this internet community call this small little community a fishbowl. And we all know what's going on in this community because between blogs and podcasts and Twitter... We're all interconnected and very quickly plugged into the newest things. And people outside of that fishbowl don't have that immediacy and that information and that ability to understand the new technology and quickly get it diagnosed. So, so you said the book was meant to break out of that fishbowl. Yeah, it's a bit, you know, this sort of running joke that I'll say to, you know, my friends and people listen to podcasts, because I think people even listening to Tangle and Rules are pretty ahead of the curve, believe it or not is that really the book is the prelude to the blog and Twitter and my, my podcast. <laughs> and, and, and the sort of theory around that is this idea that it's easy for us to say things on these platforms, and it is quite amazing. And you know, so you and I have sort of had this debate, you've seen a lot of people say, you know, blogging is dead, Twitter is dead, Facebook is dead, MySpace is dead. And I don't want to get into the sort of didactic, you know, sort of dissection of that idea. But let me just be very, very blunt. The ability for Jay Berkowitz to want to have a conversation with Mitch Joel, Jay in Bokotan, Mitch in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, separated by country boundaries at long distances, and record this and then publish it instantly to the world is unbelievably fresh and new. 
uh, and even blogging, your ability to think and have a thought and then type it up and publish it to the world is an unbelievably new thing that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on understanding the ramifications of what that means. I was, you know, I, in the late 80s, I started off as a journalist. I would write an article. I would file it to an editor. It would be back and forth, back and forth. It would go to a, you know, it would go to an art director. They would mock it up. They'd sell advertising. They would print it. There would be uh, films. It would be distributed. You know, a month later, I'd walk into a magazine store. A month would be on on the short end, and I would see the article, and I would literally say to myself, as I saw my name on the byline, "Wow, I don't even remember writing this thing." And that's how long the distance was. Even the, even the book. I finished writing this book in October of last year. When we were looking to promote the book, I told my publisher, why don't we just take some of the best blog posts I've written since October and write another book, publish another book as a gift, just give it to people. Because it's a different world we live in. And so our ability, everybody, and that includes a small, medium, large-sized business, to have that thought and publish it in either text, images, audio, video, or all of the above, or some of the above, is an unbelievably brand new concept. So you and I will say, yeah, wow, you know, blogging seems sort of, sort of or maybe podcasting sort of tired. Forget about it. This is brand new stuff. One of the things about the book is it has almost a blog style of writing. I wonder if it was intentional. Is that just a style that you've evolved to, or was that intentional in the writing style? It's a very funny question, and, and I'm glad you brought it up because it was the only part of the book I didn't like. <laughs> uh, first of all, you know, anyone who knows me knows my blog posts are way longer than that. <laughs> I probably blog way more than 200 words. I actually saw it and was like, why did they do it like that? Because I didn't write the book like that, actually. I actually wrote the book straight on. And I think that in the design of it, they broke it up by sort of pulling out these titles and putting them there. And, you know, as I sort of looked through, I went, do I like it or do I not like it? There is this sort of traditional journalist guy in me that doesn't like it. I think, you know, sort of books are by chapters and you can definitely break chapters up. But I also do appreciate the new world that we live in, the new realities of the world. And I think that all the blogging and tweeting and Facebooking and, 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 and podcasting that we've done has sort of crunched the world down into something I even talk about in the book, you know, snackable content. It's those sort of tiny bites and things. And so I do understand that, you know, the ability to sort of hop on the subway and just read a couple of little things and get it, you know, I guess it does sort of move the book forward along. It was not intentional at all. Uh, if you actually read the book without looking at those headlines, you'd actually see how I initially wrote it. So that was more, I think, of a creative stylistic thing that the publisher did. I'm actually fine with it when I sort of look at it now, but at the beginning, the first thing that I was like, oh, I wonder why they did that, because my, my whole thing with the book that I'm trying, you know, it's hard because I'm, you know, brand new, I'm just sort of getting the word out, is it is not my blog at, at all. I mean, there are some stuff that were on my blog, ideas that I had to sort of rewrite and fix to make it more appropriate for the audience of the book, but it is predominantly all new content, uh, written literally as if I was saying, okay, I'm sitting down with a business owner, they paid me an unreasonable amount of money to tell them about what's going on in this world, what would I tell them? And really what it is, is and, if you, if you, and I think that might be why you sort of have the flavor of blog type communication, because I really wanted to write it as if I was explaining to you in my office or on, on a couch, uh, you know, I was being psychoanalyzed, why this is so important for businesses and why they need to care. And that's really where it came from. Yeah, I think it came out great. I love the book, by the way. And obviously, having spent a lot of time with you, and what I mean by that is an hour a week, and, and Mitch is unbelievable. The podcast comes out almost without exception over the last two and a half, three years, every single week. I remember I called into the show after your 100th show and congratulated you that you absolutely never miss a week. One of the things that I think 
makes Mitch Joel so successful is that regularity, that you blog regularly, you tweet regularly, you podcast every single week, and then you spend time in the community talking about it. I had a similar conversation on this podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk, who I'm sure you know of if you don't know him personally. And Gary told me the story of shooting a video for YouTube every single morning and then spending the rest of the day in the community. His family has a wine business. Spending every single day in the online wine community on blogs, on forums, just participating in the community. And that's what made him famous as a videographer was all the interaction in the community. That regularity, that getting it done. Talk about how you do that and how powerful you think that's been for building your own brand. So you know, I, I'm trying to catch myself from not saying I actually talk about this in the book, but I'm telling you, I actually talk about this in the book. One of the sort of fundamental things I realized when I was in the publishing business after sort of during my time of being a journalist, I also published some magazines. And I'm, I'm a huge sort of news junkie. I, as new media as I am, I still love buying magazines and newspapers and reading a ton. And you know how much I read and share and explore. And I sort of... I don't know if you've ever had this feeling. You might have if you've ever loved a magazine. Like, I have three right now that I love. I love Wired Magazine. I love Fast Company. Actually, four. I love Inc. And I love uh, Technology Review. And i got to tell you that I'm one of those guys that sort of can't walk by a magazine store without walking in. And so I'll walk in, even though I may have bought Wired Magazine two weeks ago in hopes that there's a new issue <laughs> right there on the stand. And you know what's interesting is as you get more and more engaged in content, you really start feeling when the issue should be out. It's almost like, you know, a new program from primetime television, right? Eight o'clock Thursdays, or Cosby Show, Seinfeld, whatever it was over the years. And you're sort of like, when it's Tuesday, Wednesday, you're almost like itching for, for that moment. And I, in sort of analyzing the media and spending so many years like I have in the media, I realized that, yes, these platforms allow you to publish whenever you feel, and the power of RSS is definitely that, you know, when it's done, you'll be notified. But there is a huge value in consistency. And the more consistent you are, I believe, the more systematic it is for people. I believe human beings by nature are a consistent type of people. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hmm, I'd like to be erratic today. You know, I'd like to not know where my alarm clock is. I'd like to, you know, have my coffee in a different, you know, my coffee maker's in a different place than it was yesterday. It would make us all crazy. We love consistency. And so part of my thing was, as long as I had a roadmap, I could do it consistently. So in the, in the sense of the podcast, which I try and do weekly, there are some days where I'll come out on a Sunday on a Monday, but that's just because of editing or, or stuff that sort of gets trapped in my travel schedule. I knew that that Sunday for me would be my day of rest. And my day of rest would be that I would talk instead of type because uh, I blog every single day. So it fit into my sort of personal editorial calendar, which again, I talk about building a personal editorial calendar in the book. It is really important, but for me, it's also about the relevancy. And that's the thing, too, is I'm not just going to publish a podcast or a blog post uh, because I have to publish them because I said I publish every day or every week. Uh, I want to publish something that's highly relevant. I'm very, very sensitive to that on Twitter because I think Twitter is a lot of noise in. And so in, in, in embracing the idea of consistency, I also urge people to really embrace the idea even more of relevancy. Make sure that whatever you're publishing really is of value to your community, adding value to them, adding value to what you're doing. I'm going to go into some of the content from the book, 20% of Google searches each day have never been done before. I want to talk about search marketing because it's so easy to get caught up in the shiny new things, the shiny new objects that are social media, that are Twitter, that are Facebook. There's 100 billion searches being conducted every month now. Search marketing is so important. 
And if 20% of searches each day have never been done before, that makes what Chris Anderson called the long tail of search, those very specific and unique searches, so, so important. Let's talk a little bit about search marketing and what role you think it still plays today. I think search is huge. And by the way, just last week, I was actually in San Francisco giving a keynote at Google's first ever national sales conference. They had you know, almost 3,000 of their sales reps there. And I used the stat in front of them, and they actually validated that it's still a consistent stat that 20% of searches done every single day on Google searches that have never been done in, in the engine before. I have a really strong affinity to search in terms of my agency twist image. We're not an SEM type agency. We do some of that, but it's not like that's, you know, I'm not like one of those SEO, SEM people. There's a whole sort of niche and world of that. I look at it holistically as digital marketing, but I have to say unequivocally, advertisers and marketing have, marketers have it all wrong today. They have it all wrong. All advertising, beyond the sort of branding components, which I believe deeply in the power of sort of repetitive messaging, et cetera, is you know you see a message and you hope that the consumer acts on it at one point, usually not immediately, especially if it's a billboard or a magazine ad or a TV ad or you know whatever radio ad, whatever. In the search world, there are these billions of searches being done all the time, and there are people looking for products and services. They may not be directly your product or service, but they're maybe asking questions that your product or service could solve or help them with. It is astounding to me that we don't look at all this sort of hundred percent of our advertising budget and go. Put everything into search, and then when we optimize and maximize on all that, we can do the other stuff. And here's why. When someone is actively looking for something and your message is in front of them, they are way further down the funnel. They're just way closer to potentially being a sale, an acquisition, whatever it might be. I find it insane that we're on the other side and doing minimal sort of amounts of search. Even people doing a big amount of search, it's still minimal when compared to everything else. And, and you'd ask their search people, if given more budget, would, could you use it? It's absolutely, I could make this company more money. I find that crazy. People raising their hands, individuals, thousands of them probably every hour, raising their hands and saying, I'm looking for something I think related to this. Is there something there? And more often than not, most companies are not present. You know, get, going back to Gary Vee, you know, someone once asked him how much time you spent on Twitter. And he said someone spends, I think, two and a half hours a day on Twitter search. And they were all like laughing at him, like, oh, why would you waste your time there? He's like, listen, as the CEO of a company, my job is to find more customers. And if there are people on Twitter asking about certain lines or what goes well with what, why wouldn't I be there? Like, those are new potential customers. And my existing customers are there too, asking questions and engaged in conversation. And well, I think that's a great place to uh, cut it off and save another half of the amazing Mitch Joel for next week. We'll definitely come back with that uh, part in the second part of the show. You can find Mitch at um, twistimage.com slash blog, or just search for the Six Pixels of Separation podcast on iTunes. Highly recommended, as you know. We've talked about it a lot of times on this show. And I'm going to wrap up with a song that Mitch always plays on the Six Pixels of Separation, one of my favorites, actually. And I wish everyone a great week. And please check out the internetmarketingclub.org. Don't forget it's .org. And I look forward to seeing everybody over there. Have a great week, everybody. And see you next week with part two of Mitch Joel. Heavenly Liberty Jones Works in the shop that she owns Listens to music like swing When there's no customers in
Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call-in line 206-888-6606.
podcast is produced with Castmaster.